Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going to look at uh, creator's explanations for the cords connecting people, places, and events. We are, after all, soul-based beings, and being soul-based beings, we are actually energetic-based beings, divine energy. And, um, and we are connected to other divine beings via energetic connections, and creator calls those cords, Carl. Yes, this is actually a physical phenomenon. It's not yet understood by science or recognized by science. But the signs are everywhere. You can think of it as the influence of history, in a sense, because that's how it is orchestrated. It isn't through some kind of collective memory bank, and then people act on their memories. There's an energy linking things together. And it actually makes a lot of sense, even scientifically, that this is so. The physicists are all over this as well in seeing that there is an interconnectedness energetically of Mm -hmm. many, many things that one would not expect is necessarily the case. So we're going to learn about that, and, and I think Creator will explain it better than I can do as we go along here. But the, this is a very important phenomenon underlying many ordinary events and all of life itself. Indeed. You asked Creator, can Creator provide a definition, a divine definition, of cords and cording, the role they play in human life, and how they can be both helpful and harmful? All right, and this is what creator told me through the channeling that I did. Cordings are a phenomenon created by consciousness to link together what constitutes a conscious connection, literally speaking, from an energetic standpoint. Whenever you interact with another person, you begin to cord with them, meaning there is a connection of consciousness sent out by your being through the mind's intention to engage with them and interact with them and establish a link energetically. That is what constitutes a cord. When the individual responds and reacts to your presence or participates in some activity together with you, such as a conversation or taking part in some activity, Their focus on you will return the favor, so to speak, and they will court you via their consciousness. The two become intertwined because that is the intention. So the courting of consciousness and its makeup constitutes a living bridge representing the union of souls in those moments of interaction. Once created, the energy persists, so cords live on. Once you are corded to something, the cords remain. If there is no further involvement and no further conscious attention paid to the prior engagement, the cording energy will fade. 
This is a housekeeping function that allows people to move on with their lives and not be enmeshed in a veritable jungle of interweaving energetic linkages that are, in some respects, a housekeeping problem because they will take a certain amount of oversight and maintenance to understand everything one is a part of and function amid that widely divergent array of pathways to prior points of contact. This can keep the mind on a subconscious level, especially the deep subconscious, quite busy in managing things. So to have those no longer serving fade in time on their own simply is logical in the same way that what is stored in memory about things you're involved in and people you might meet casually will not remain indelibly on most people's minds, but will indeed fade with time. This simply removes the clutter that serves no useful purpose in being enshrined for all the time. So you may leave fingerprints, but not have your hands stuck at a location where you've had a physical interaction. Then, in a sense of what remains of the courtings, there might be a residue, but not a fully robust intercommunication channel persisting. Those that do are maintained because they are considered of high value. This could be by default, for example, from an encounter with misfortune, a terrible circumstance of some kind, being victimized by a criminal being in a terrible relationship that leaves one emotionally shattered, and so on. Even when there is no further future desire to interact with a perpetrator, the courting that happens as a consequence of the involvement, even brief, will remain indefinitely because of the high intensity and devoted to it that creates a kind of ranking of importance. What that does is, in effect, force the mind to reckon with all it has been a part of. If only in seeing its presence still. It will not be conscious, but the deep subconscious will know there is unfinished business. There are literally loose ends. And that is a perfect metaphor, because this is referring to courtings of consciousness persisting over time representing unresolved karmic discord, needing a healing or rebalancing to restore things. It is those courtings that can be a major determining factor in all that happens to our present and future. In a sense, they are the moorings we have, the roots we put down with a home or in a career. Those metaphors are quite apt because they have a direct analog in the energy of consciousness forming according to times and events and places of importance to us, and they will be a source of nostalgia and remembrance going forward. The courtings to perpetrators, to sad times, to unpleasant circumstances experienced at a location will court us to them, and that serves as an anchor as an energetic liability because it will hold us down and hold us back from moving forward. And that is a price one pays for having unfinished healing needs. Those needs will not go away. They will be tied to you through recordings as a reminder and as a conduit for the law of karma to use in reminding you again and again with that energy returning in some way to get your attention that those loose ends will not be denied. And it is a powerful influence, both positive and negative, on the quality of life 
and everything that happens. Well, I, I can tell you why science is not... Uh dealt with this topic, Carl, because really recordings are a source of non-local consciousness. You know, this is, it's connected to the body, but it goes beyond the body. And, you know, our current modern day science doesn't recognize any such energy perturbations from beyond the body. You know, you can reach out to your fellow humans with sight, sound, touch, you know, uh, but you can't, but the, the idea of an energetic connection is something that's just not recognized. Yes, this is quite true. And even the idea of consciousness itself is not universally accepted among scientists. Yeah, they, they think of it as kind of some illusion. It's just something that happens as a result of random firings of electrical uh, circuitry in the brain and this, this sort of mechanistic perspective. And it's, it's just kind of an accident of nature that we can think at all and make any sense of it. But to think of it as having a special importance goes against the grain with yes. most scientists. Because they're, they're thinking this is, is just a random excursion of matter and energy. And there's nothing of value beyond that other than what we imagine it to be. But it's all our imaginations. And there's nothing yeah. special. There's no purpose. It's a purposeless existence, all of that. And yeah. the opposite is the case. And it would make sense. If there is a design behind it all, there would be a physics that supports even things like consciousness being so very important in defining who you are as a person and the workings of your soul. Yeah. reaching out to you to influence you here in the physical, for example. There has to be a mechanism for that to happen. You're not plugged into a wall socket somewhere. You're not sprouting an antenna to pick up radio transmissions about what you're supposed to do during your life and so on. All of that inspiration from on high comes in via consciousness in a, right. in a special way, but it's often through courtings. Being yes. connected through consciousness, cordings of consciousness to past events, past plans and interactions with relationships with the Almighty as well as fellow humans. You know, it's always uh, kind of perplexed me that, you know, scientists could actually think of consciousness as a, as a byproduct of chemical electrical processes. In other words, it's not even, a, it, it's, it's, it's so unimportant that it's a byproduct, almost a waste product even. Because when you think byproduct, a lot of times a byproduct is actually a waste product. <laughs> That's how much yes. respect science has for our consciousness in some cases anyway. Well, and that, that is unfortunately a manipulation as well, a disinformation yes. campaign to constrain human thought and therefore human progress in getting at the deeper truth of things. And especially spirituality. Yes. That there is a divine origin and purpose behind it all. You ask creator, do courts survive death and are they still present and connected to souls in limbo? Is this perhaps a means by which loved ones who remain on earth become concerned about the well-being of their com departed compatriot? All right. And creator says, all of this is true. 
recordings to people in particular, as well as locations, will remain in force. And there are multiple linkages, not only with that person directly, but to the Akashic records of many events shared with that individual. They will be connected and accorded to those same events, and a cord will extend to you from the energetic signature of what took place. So, in a sense, it is like two ships connected to a common anchor. The cording will keep them intertwined energetically, and one can never drift too far away from the other because of that energetic connection. The law of karma will keep reminding the one of the other's existence and serve as a stimulus to address unhealed business that is needed to put back in balance anything that has become out of alignment deliberately or via the course of events beyond the control of the individuals involved. So a living person has many beings courted to them via the the Akashic records and especially when a relationship is resumed in a subsequent incarnation. Those still remaining among the living will still be courted to the new arrival because this is seen to via the law of karma in reconnecting the new infant with the Akashic records of their history. So it is inescapable that once intertwined with someone that you will still be energetically interacting at a subliminal level at least and with reminders and with the workings of the universe and often with the intervention of the divine realm to see to it, people may well be brought back together to pick up where they left off in a sense, working on their old karmic history to right the wrongs of a prior go-round, for example, or to reap the benefits of a renewed friendship if the relationship was a positive, productive, and rewarding one. When someone dies but ends up in limbo, Rather than returning to the light, they will still be courted to the earth plane and things during their physical existence that were of importance, including family members and those with whom they had relationships. So loved ones mourning someone who passes will be reaching out to them energetically via the old courtings, and those messages will get delivered to that being still. Even though they are dead and gone and their body might be in the ground, the courting goes with the consciousness of the being. That was never in the body to begin with, but with a kind of external repository within the ether, outside the physical plane of the body itself, in another dimension, so to speak, but firmly attached in order to do its energetic work and serve its purpose. So the earthbound spirit will often have a sense of their loved ones thinking about them. And this can be a benefit or a liability, depending on what is happening and why. If the energy is one of mourning, grief, sadness, and despair, and perhaps a desperate clinging, wanting their loved one back again, It can be a hindrance to the departing soul of that individual in getting back to heaven. 
it might literally hold them in that lower plane and retard their progress unwittingly. In the same fashion, a spirit that is earthbound because of its low vibration in suffering alone in the darkness, that might well be transmitted to loved ones among the living through the existing courtings that persist. And this will add to the sadness and grief of the mourners. And in some cases, when there is enough intuitive ability, a surviving relative might sense their loved one is trying to contact them, is reaching out to them, or perhaps is experiencing disquiet and needs assistance in some way. Reacting out, reacting, reaching out to them with one's thoughts, but in a positive manner, is the best medicine to apply here. Rather than add to the potential difficulty they are struggling with, if still earthbound, wishing them well, sending them love and encouragement to continue their soul journey is truly what they need to continue their existence in a way that serves them rather than to be stuck in limbo where they are of no benefit to themselves or to the living. Well, you know, it's <clears throat> for us as uh, members of this project, I've, I've seen this come up again and again and again, and now it, it, it strikes me as, as, as sad, you know, that not more people know about the fact that there are solutions and tools to help people out of these dilemmas. You know, when somebody's stuck in limbo and you're courted to them <clears throat> and you feel their sadness and they in turn are causing you to be sad and pinging on your happiness, it's kind of a, <clears throat> a mutual relationship of, of misery, that could be fixed. And we have the tools to fix that, Carl. Yes, we do this work all the time. Fully one-third of people who pass away don't make it back to the light. They get stuck for a variety of reasons. I had a, a situation come up within my family. There was an aunt of mine who passed away. And I got to thinking of her one day. You know, no surprise there. I'm sure it was guided to happen. But I got thinking about her, and I decided to check on her. I found she wasn't in the light. And it turned out she had attached as an earthbound spirit to one of my cousins who was autistic. And she cared deeply about him and was worrying about him when she passed because she was going to be essentially leaving him. And she knew it. She was passing away from illness. And and so I did a spirit rescue to free her. That wasn't helping my cousin to have her despondent, troubled energy attached. It was dragging him down. This is the dilemma of it. It's not that you go to a loved one and then you're okay and that it helps the living and you can help the living still for a time. This is a dilemma. It's a healing need. And people need to learn about these things. And this this is all happening through courting. How did yeah. her spirit find him in the darkness? Through courting. She followed the energy of her deep courting to him. Yes. And it brought her to his energy. And she let him into his energy because she was familiar. Yeah, I just had a similar uh, episode with my father, which I'll try to share when we come back with more Get Wisdom right after this.
scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Cyber Cyber with this week's Get Wisdom. We're talking about uh, what Creator shares with us about cords, energetic cords, and how they bind us together to time, events, places, etc., uh, they're quite real, Carl, and I have my own little story. I, You know, my father passed on um, a day after his funeral. I had a vivid dream of him, and uh, he was giving me retirement financial advice. There was only one problem with that, and that is for the last 10 years that I knew him, he was giving me almost daily retirement financial advice. <laughs> and to suddenly, you know, see him, it was a vivid dream, too. It was like I was you know, right there in the same room with him. Uh, having him do it. No, no, no. You are not doing this from beyond the grave. <laughs> and I did what was equivalent of a spirit rescue at the time. I didn't know about spirit rescues, but I prayed for him. I prayed for him to return to the light, and I felt a lightness, a lifting. And so I knew he was okay after that. And I never dreamed about him again after that, actually. Um, but yes, the courtings are what I think that was an important aspect of that. Well, he was lucky, and you were lucky that. That simple maneuver worked. It, it will sometimes, and other times it won't, if there are really serious impediments to getting back to the, to the heavenly realm. Sometimes a good deal of deep healing is needed to help a spirit that's deeply troubled make that transition fully. But this, again, is all a consequence of courtings. So he had to cover the distance between where he was after he passed and connect to your energy. And that can only be done through an energetic highway, in a sense, because there's no sight, there's no hearing, there's no other senses to guide a person. Right, yes. Then their non-local consciousness, their intuitive sensing, which will be meager because it is for most people during their lives. And when they pass, they haven't yet blossomed and it's still meager. So it, it's the courtings that save the day or maybe complicate things as, as it happens. Indeed. You asked creator, there are friends that we have liked and felt close to the instant we met them. And then there are friends that grow on us over time, perhaps after years of close contact, but in the end become just as special as the friends at first sight are. 
is the difference between being is the difference being that the friends at first sight are friends of old from past lives, and you have energetic cords with them already in place. Whereas the friends that grow on you do so because you are truly growing cords between the two of you over time. All right, and this is what Creator says. This is a good description of the dynamics of acquaintanceship and friendship that is developed or seemingly destined to happen because it is so seamless, natural, and even compelling in some cases. The description of becoming fast friends, quote-unquote, is an apt one for this very circumstance. And indeed, what is happening is the two individuals have known one another before. This is what is called a soul recognition. It might be former love partners. It might be someone who was a parent of theirs in another lifetime or a child. But the soul recognition will happen and the relationship will likely develop in the new incarnation because this prepares the way for it to be seamless and quite attractive. And it will develop quite naturally and easily with minimal investment to reach a level of comfort, mutual trust, and acceptance. Normally, friendship takes time and an investment from both parties to get to know one another bit by bit. And it is over time with repeated shared experiences that people come to know and like one another and create those very bonds we speak of. This is all mediated through courtings, their development or the resumption of a relationship based on old courtings from prior lifetimes that make things go much more quickly and in fact are a kind of instant encouragement that one is in good hands and something is to be gained from a further pursuit of the other party in spending time with them and cultivating the relationship. So cords are quite handy. They help organize the human community so people can find one another and more readily link up again in ways that will be productive in a new incarnation. It is always easier to pick up where one left off with those who are tried and true, so to speak, than strangers who will have to prove themselves over time in terms of their value. So almost everyone has experiences of both kinds in thinking about the people who come into their life, some forming close relationships very rapidly and others growing only very slowly over time and many that never truly develop beyond the level of an acquaintance because the attraction is not there. The payoff is not seen or foreseen and that is the most likely reason why. Those individuals you invest in quickly and are rewarded quickly represent old ties. And that is another description from common language usage talking directly about the courting phenomena, the ties that bind. That's really interesting. You know, um, I have examples of both in my life. You know, there are instant friends that I made, especially I especially remember when I first met my best friend growing up. And I was struck even at the early age of five years old, Carl, about how quickly we meshed together and we're best friends from day one. And we had like one, we've had like one fight in the, in the 50 years we've known each other, 50 plus years, you know? So that was a profound example. Even something I recognized as early as five, that there's something really special going on here. And then I had, you know, I rode the train to work for well over a decade and I rode with the same people every day. 
and I I observed over time how I came to actually care about these people. You know, they were strangers when I first encountered them, but after spending a decade with them, you learn to you come to care about each one of them, care about how they are, what's going on in their life, if everything's okay, you know, and you look forward to seeing them. It's it's interesting phenomenon. Well, this is built into our hard wiring, so to speak, the desire for closeness, for proximity, for sharing with other human beings, our lives. And having an intimacy at varying levels, but at least the possibility is there because you are around others and you can have that give and take. The the famous expression, no man is an island, you know, before political correctness came along, I guess. But <laughs> it's very apt that we weren't designed to be isolated and alone. Right. We need others. And courting is a powerful mechanism to see that that happens and that we recognize in advance that something's got promise. Because the cord is there and, and buzzing and signaling you, yeah, this is someone who's good. Someone's good for you. Go for it. Of course, it could also mean someone's bad for you, too. That's another And We'll talk about that coming up, I think. You ask, Creator, we think of events in the past as no longer existing, but we have learned that is decidedly not the case, that past events simply exist in another dimension that consciousness can't connect to any time and repeatedly. As such, according to past traumatic events, the reason for post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, and similar afflictions. All right, and Creator tells us this, again, is literally the case. You have the event stored in memory, but that is simply factual material. It might be unsettling and somewhat distressing to recall what took place within one's thoughts, But the visceral reaction comes from an emotional component, and that arises from courtings that have formed during a prior traumatic experience. Those courtings remain the reminder of something from a memory, an association, perhaps hearing the name of the perpetrator or the mention of a location where a harmful event took place or a return to the scene of the crime, so to speak. This will trigger a reinspection by the deep subconscious of everything pertaining to what happened in the past event. And the energy of the trauma, the emotional impact, will be sent via the cording from the Akashic Records that holds the energetic signature of what happened and can return that to you with full force under the right conditions or a partial re-experiencing, depending on what is allowed and what is going on in the person. So the post-traumatic stress disorder and similar emotional anguish, perhaps of a less intense and diagnosable characteristic, are both a product of cordings to the energetic signature of other times, places, and occurrences. It might be in the current life. It might be something in the current life triggering a reawakening, reinspection, and in a sense, a kind of reliving after the fact through a sharing of the energy. This is why trauma is not time-dependent with respect to its hold over a person when healing has not taken place, to reckon with the emotional consequences of the experiences of trauma. It is assumed when there are PTSD-like symptoms that it must be a current life experience. 
That is all science acknowledges. So if not within conscious recall that something dreadful has happened, it is often assumed it must be an early childhood experience that was forgotten or the memories being suppressed somehow to shield the conscious self from too much horror that would prolong and intensify, presumably, the pain and suffering. In actuality, while those phenomena do happen at times, it is much more common that one is experiencing the slings and arrows of other lifetimes via the observations of the deep subconscious going to look at what is in the Akashic records. And this will reawaken via pre-existing courtings a link to the stored negativity. And it will be sent to the individual and will be felt and will resonate within their being. This whole apparatus and the mechanism for this to happen serves the purpose of keeping people honest so things cannot be swept under a rug and forgotten about. Sooner or later, a person will step on a landmine that reopens their past for inspection. And then the trauma will rear its ugly head along with the negativity associated and the person will begin re-experiencing emotional consequences and will have to reckon with the anxiety, fear, anger, and other emotion inherent in the prior drama. So the goal of healing for past trauma is to resolve the karmic dilemma. What this does is to remove the stored negativity from the energetic signature of the event. So whether or not a courting remains, it will not be conveying negativity any longer to the individual, and hence it is safe to still be in existence and to even be revisited and reviewed by an individual going back to the scene of the crime, for example, if they know of it, and even thinking consciously about those times, will not feel they are being tied in knots and feel like they are in the grip of fear and so on. Because the episode has been purged of intense negative emotional content via the healing. Removing the courting will not do this, as a recording can still take place and will happen when the deep subconscious goes looking for things in the Akashic Records to help it understand its life and all that might have happened. So that's an important uh, piece of information there, that, uh, you know, courting removal is probably a stopgap. You know, it's, it's creator is saying that it can be reestablished. You know, you can cut a cord, but it can be reestablished. And once you have a strong connection with somebody, um, you know, it's hard to wipe your own memory out. You know, so even if you manage to cut the emotional courting, merely rethinking of that person, I suppose, would reestablish the courting. So it's kind of a little bit of a conundrum. Well, this is the the danger of having a little information, but not enough. Yeah. It, it's kind of a false reassurance. There's a lot of people out there cutting cords to help people get over lost loves and people that spurned them and did them uh, wrong and so on. And that can have a temporary uh, boost, but is not a long-term solution. This is a process designed to run the universe 
and is dispassionate and relentless. Everything that happens is on record. It's like a constant recording. It's going on. It's stored in what's called the Akashic Records. Everyone's got one. And everything you've ever done in multiple lifetimes is in the Akashic Records. All of the traumas and all of the joyous times can become corded to you. They were once, and those cordings can get strengthened over time by your deep subconscious going out, looking at what's there, and agonizing over it, and worrying about it. And that gets a fire going. And Creator has shared with us that this is the explanation for a majority of chronic anxiety and depression in people. Particularly when there's no real conscious awareness of why it's happening. And this this is a big example. When when you're in chronic anxiety and you don't have a clue why you should be, because your life is okay in most respects, well, it's fire down below. It's this reawakening through courting of past trauma. You know, it's interesting that you use the word fire because what do we know about heat? Heat rises, right? So there's probably a kind of hierarchy of events in the Akashic Record that need attention and the most intense of those events are apparently something you can't really hide from you know it's going to bubble up to the top so to speak of the of the whole history of embedded in your akashic records the intense events that really traumatized you that molded you that really had a deep effect on you uh they're at the top of the heap they're not at the bottom apparently yeah i think that's insightful because it it does make sense that Trouble needs to be dealt with and will always have a high priority. And that is seen to by the law of karma. And it uses the energetic signatures of wrongdoing and the courtings to send that in energy to you as a reminder, a comeuppance, a wake-up call, in whatever form it comes. And it's, it's simply to get your attention and persuade you, motivate you to do something to heal what happened. This is a tall order when our conscious mind doesn't have a clue why this is happening. Okay. That's, a, that's a defect in the system that was engineered to happen. And that's a, has a lot to do with why we're in this dilemma right now. We're, we're flying blind, but well, yet like the to, control mechanism is still operating. I'd like to persuade everybody to visit getwisdom.com and sign up as a participant member. The instructions are all there on the homepage. Visit it today. We'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. 
There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We are looking at creators' uh, sharing of wisdom on chords and uh, the energies that connect us as people, you know. Uh, there's both positive and negative. We've, we've kind of, I think, steered a little positive in this one. We've talked a lot of, a lot of good things about courting, but... Yes. You know, chords can be problematic in the sense of connecting you to people you don't like, Carl. <laughs> well, there's good and bad in everything, good and bad in everyone. Life can take a turn and people can turn dark and they can become corrupted. And so it's the prescription for a drama, and a, a saga maybe, and it can go on multiple lifetimes. And I have a lot of clients with that sort of history. And the courtings keep it all going. But there's a purpose behind it, which is to make everyone held to account for what they do and what they don't do. That's a logical system. It's kind of a perfection that we don't have through human institutions. Humans can only do what they can arrange directly. And it's far from perfect. Indeed. You ask, Creator, is the severing of cords and healing really a stopgap measure? Isn't the ultimate goal the healing of the negative of the healing of the negativity that the cord is transmitting? Doesn't that negativity still need healing even if the cord is successfully severed? Will karma still involve the victim in future efforts to heal that discord, or is the victim truly free of future involvement? All right, this is what Creator tells us. There is a great misconception about cords among the spiritual community and those who carry out various forms of healing through alternative spiritual mechanisms with the intention to cut the cords that might be troublesome, linking people to difficulties, whether a failed relationship partner or a scene of tragedy, for example. This is, in actuality, a halfway measure because severing the cord is a temporary expedient. The energetic signature of traumatic events will still continue to exist in the Akashic records and will record to the parties involved in the event should the cords be severed artificially by a would-be healer. In other words, karma will out. This, the law of karma, does routinely in bringing the energy of former cordings back into play through a new cording created to replace the prior damaged one. So it is no different in having someone cut a set of telephone wires. People who need to contact one another will go to work and there will be a mechanism carried out quite quickly to repair the wiring and restore the connections once again. So there might be a brief interval of disconnection that might be satisfying because there will not be nuisance phone calls, for example, or people calling and making demands and complicating other people's lives based on prior entanglements. So there will be a respite, a timeout interval of disconnection that might be enjoyed as a kind of holiday 
But eventually that will be overcome. And in the same way, the law of karma will reestablish old courtings when there is unfinished karma needing to be rebalanced. It is the responsibility of the individual originating that energy and anyone involved with them. That is why your work with the Lightworker Healing Protocol does not sever cords, but dissolves them and heals the points of attachment at both ends to begin a process of karmic repair for their reason for being. Whatever the energetic discord might be in the content of information flow in the courting, what is needed is a deep karmic repair of past circumstances and all the influencers involved in the exchange. This could involve hundreds to thousands of individuals and hundreds to thousands to millions of individual events and secondary and tertiary layers of other humans affected by what takes place, all of whose energies may go into a composite mix with potentially massive energetic hoardings among all the participants direct and indirect. So first of all, cutting cores is not as simple as it sounds. There must be an exquisite precision in knowing what one is carrying out, not only how to do it, but knowing which cords to cut. And then the reality here that severing the cord is only a first step to ameliorate a difficulty or hazard to truly solve the dilemma the cording represents. The underlying karma and all of the interconnections contributing to it must similarly be traced to their source and the individual consciousness of the players having its needs met and the wrongs addressed and rebalanced in a way that is satisfactory to drain away the negativity and render a past trauma neutral in its current meaning and consequences. And we're going to explore how you can bring about that neutrality right now. U.S. creator, the Lightworker Healing Protocol, has a section for dissolving energetic cords and healing their karmic consequences. Is it possible to have both positive and negative cords to the same person, place, or event? Or is the energetic connection itself neutral, and what is transmitted or conveyed over it determines the cords' negativity or positivity? And creator tells us, in a sense, each cord has information content that is intrinsic to its existence and formation. So negative cords will be made of negative energetic consciousness and its particular vibrational frequencies, so to speak. Positive cordings will be in another frequency in the spectrum of possibilities and will have a high vibration, one of a loving and uplifting nature. So cords will carry with them meaning That provides an automatic awareness of what one is dealing with. So when a cord is extended from the Akashic Records to you, it is coming from somewhere for a particular purpose and carries with it a message. Your being will sense this on an energetic level, and the deep subconscious will recognize its presence and will add to the emotional content a triggering of further emotional reactions because it may well be perceived as a threat, a liability certainly, and something needing attention and some priority. The dilemma is it is not 
in a position to provide healing. It is only a kind of switchboard that assigns meaning and a destination to the incoming information of all sorts that is being perceived by all levels of the being. This will add great stress to your life and is the explanation for many having chronic anxiety or states of depression. The deep subconscious is simply overwhelmed with all it must manage and govern. Well, we don't want the deep subconscious to be overwhelmed now, do we, Carl? We we want to provide solutions that will help the deep subconscious and, by extension, all of us that we are connected to. Yes, and this is the big dilemma in mental health as well as physical because science only knows about the upper levels of the mind. They know about the subconscious, but that's an upper subconscious that's reachable through the conscious awareness, like with uh, hypnotherapy, for example. The deep subconscious is isolated. It's cut off. Talk therapies don't talk to the deep subconscious. They do nothing to help the deep problems. Over time, they're they're an adjunct. They're a help for people in many ways, but they're not a total answer because they're not dealing with the total problem and indeed not even the biggest part of the problem. Well, let's talk about how we can deal with it. You ask Creator, can Creator share how empowered prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol can help us deal with removing or maintaining these energetic connections in a manner that is highest and best for all involved? All right, Creator says, the key to having a way to reckon with all the incoming information from what has happened to you through all of time, potentially, is having a way to heal what is out of balance and get help with this. So it is not all on your, so, your, your shoulders to do in some way using the current life circumstances as a surrogate, a recapitulation of a prior energetic confrontation or dilemma, and find a way to handle that ideally, to resolve the discord and rebalance things so you are in a neutral state. And this will cancel the stored negativity of the past that was on file because it had never received adequate healing at the time. Much of what you do in life is reckoning with leftover karmic baggage. Unfortunately, you are not trained in how to go about doing this. You are not given the wherewithal. It is not within human capability to do much oneself effectively because of ongoing defects and the disconnection in levels of the mind. So you are cut off from awareness of much of the ongoing karmic onslaught. You can call on the divine through prayer to work on much of this. That is the best daily defense, a series of daily prayers, asking for the full array of possible benefits for support, inspiration, guidance, healing, and protection from the divine on an ongoing basis to have many benefits that can come through a partnership to make your life fruitful, productive, and enjoyable on every level. The Lightworker Healing Protocol is a comprehensive tool to accomplish karmic repair in a profound and thorough fashion, as well as removing the negative energies of all the temporary phenomena, the short-term sources of negativity and degradation coming from other beings of consciousness and all the energetic perturbations through adverse technological side effects, of which there are many. There are serious forces of darkness in your way and threatening humanity, and may well cause the annihilation of all humans on your planet. 
You will return to the light should that happen, and you are immortal, but you may not have an earth to return to, and the enterprise to establish a free will paradigm through beings capable of healing the purveyors of evil, and we'll have to start over. And that would be very unfortunate, having come so far, working for so many thousands of years, many of you on this very enterprise. To see it fail now at the 11th hour would be tragic. You are close to reaching a breakout, but it cannot happen until the problem of evil has been dealt with sufficiently and then further healing of humanity to recover from the huge karmic backlog of negativity, leaving everyone so wounded. That is doable, and through these tools, prayer that is empowered and the Lightworker Healing Protocol as the ultimate healing tool, together, partnering with the divine in this way, will turn the tide, save the day, and make your future a grand and magnificent one. But you must do the work. We cannot do it for you, but we will do it with you when you reach out to us. So, you know, today's episode was to bring attention to this phenomenon of courting. But we're doing that uh, to basically fill out, flesh out all the different healing needs there are, Carl. And the biggest healing need of all is what creator, you know, always comes back to, no matter what topic we seem to come up with <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, at the end of the session, at the end of the hour, creator's reminding us that we have a big, huge problem we have to deal with, and we need to get on with it quickly. Well, we're courted as heavily to darkness as we are to the light. And that's because of all the past history of subjugation, manipulation, and corruption that's come from the interlopers in our midst who are running things behind the scenes and sending lots of evil perspectives our way to corrupt our institutions. And that's where all the human failings come from ultimately. It traces back to the dark spirits who corrupted ETs. Both are here in our world now and holding us back, holding us down, and now wanting to destroy us finally. We've been holding our own through divine support, periodic divine interventions that keep us from being wiped out. That can't keep going unless people stick with the divine. Yes, and We need everyone praying and everyone doing healing. And that's, that's what is so disturbing and, and such a siren call for what is happening right now, because throughout history, you know, religion was a very important, important part of people's lives, and they prayed a lot, and that prayer made a difference. We know we've talked about that in past episodes, um, but there's been a, a war on religion, and by dis, by extension, a falling away of prayer. So there's fewer people praying today than there ever has been as, as a percentage of the population, and this is a big warning from Creator. We need to get back to it. We need to get back to prayer. It is critical, Carl. Well, come to get wisdom, and you can learn how to do it in a way that it will work. Absolutely. That's all we have for this week. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 